The Bull Radio Football Show. So Rangers have dropped their first points of the season, but they're joint top of the Premiership. Livingston picked up a point and then got themselves used to the idea of living without Lyndon Dykes. He's gone or going, the £2 million man. Uh, what will they do about replacing him? Celtic play tomorrow night as Europe beckons for them that game against Reykjavik in the Champions League qualifiers. This is the Go Radio football show for a Monday 5-7. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry. What a lineup, and we want to hear from you as well. Get your calls to us, make your point, ask your question, express your opinion. Whatever it may be, 0808 17 17 700. On the text, go and your message to 87474 on the socials at Go Football Show. Let's go. <laughs> and my, fo- my football weekend started on Friday night with Bayern winning against Barcelona, eight goals to do. It was absolutely crazy. Wow, Bayern Munich, what a, they must be the best team in the world right now, Fergie, other than Kelly. <laughs> no, they're honestly fantastic team to, to watch. Um, just everything about them. Um, technically unbelievable how strong and fit they are. Um, I love watching them. They are, for me, they're now the favourites to win it. Mm. And there's talk, Si, about um, Lionel Messi departing. Barcelona so cheesed off is he about all he fancies now I can't imagine Messi playing for anyone else I think he's going to Darville isn't he <laughs> <laughs> they're off on everyone a fortune but can we just start with Barry Ferguson's haircut yes we can <laughs> tremendous it's quite straight isn't it Do you know who cut it? Style. The Kelly, it was a Kelly Hart's groundsman that cut it wasn't it he <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like a young Barry Ferguson <laughs> well exactly listen I'm 42 so you've Never. got to start somewhere you're a fine wine young man there, yep. there was a suspicion that hair straighteners may have been used in the creation yeah, listen, of that I heard about that. I heard about that. Listen, I'll pull them up after the show, don't worry. <laughs> Another of the headlines, of course, is the fixtures are out today for the Betfred Cup and the grudge match between Kelty Hearts, managed by BF and uh, Peterhead featuring SF. Um, where's it going to be? It's at um, Kelty's ground. Um, looking forward to it. Sai was asking me um, what type of surface we've got. We've got obviously plastic where we don't play in the, the grass, which is um, going to be a topic later on in the, the programme. But looking forward to it, Peter Head, listen, good manager and Jim McAnally. Sai's obviously doing a bit of coaching there, so looking forward to it. It's not going to be a topic later in the programme. It's going to be a topic right now because Rangers went to the plastic pitch of Livingston yesterday and dropped their first Premiership points of the season. This was Stephen Gerrard. They've defended well, you know, you've got to give them a certain level of credit, but we've threw everything at it today, we've, we've put enough talent and enough good players on the pitch to try and find the answer, but um, unfortunately we, we couldn't find that moment or that bit of magic. Um, we've put numerous crosses into the box, we've, we've threw a free kick at it where he's made a big save, but the reality is we never tested their keeper in the first 45 minutes enough, considering he's making his debut, and it was a little bit too little too late. Um, we pushed and pushed hard in, in, the, in the last 15-20 minutes, but without real, that real moment of quality, we couldn't, we couldn't deliver that today. He was quite philosophical. Uh, Stephen Gerrard <laughs> you can say it with a capital F <laughs> philosophical afterwards um, I'm not sure you would have been quite as philosophical Barry had you been the Rangers manager at that point you didn't like watching that much did you? No I, I was disappointed if I'm being honest Rob look plenty of possession um, but once they get into that final third there was no end product um, a bit of magic a bit of creativity um, didn't happen 
he mentioned the players Morelos um, Hadji I thought Kent did okay at times he was the one bright spark that maybe tried to do something but these are the type of games if you want to win the league you've got to go and win um, no matter what kind of surface it is and what kind of setup Livingston had look they went defensively because if they open up Rangers would cut them open no problem um, but you've got to solve these problems you've got to play around about these problems um, and I think privately the manager will be seeing them. there's no doubt about it you've got to go to places like Livingston and get the three points look fair enough Livingston defended for their lives I thought defensively um, the, the two centre halves were excellent but there's enough quality in that Rangers team surely to get the three points or, or do something in that final third We'll speak to the Livingston manager Gary Holt later on uh, who will be, I wonder uh, what he's going to do to replace uh, Lyndon Dykes Chris, Chris Commons is on the show as well uh, tonight the former Celtic midfielder and uh, snooker star John Higgins will be joining us shortly as well but on the topic um, of Livingston nil, Rangers nil, Osai uh, yesterday Barry rightly said uh, Ryan Kent kept at it mm. but he had a real chance as well didn't he near the end to score he did uh, I must say Livingston were as organised as Paul Cooney's underwear drawer um, <laughs> but have you been in that? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a worry see on, <laughs> see on Rangers so again I've brought it up loads of times and I want to ask Barry why does Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara need to play in that game? At half time I couldn't believe that both of them came out for the second half. Mm. Why do you need two I heard Darren Fletcher say that the reason they play two sitting midfielders is because the two full backs get so high. But can Ryan Jack not just sit in the middle of the pitch and if Livingston break to the left, he runs to the left, mm. and if Livingston break to the right, he runs to the right? Why do they need the two to drop so deep? In the second half Rangers were going for the longer ball. But they two were so so far off the second ball, Barry. Yeah, but I would have made the change in the middle of the park. You've got two very similar players who like to go on the ball and always stay behind the ball. Um so I would have made a change and maybe go something different to up front, but the changes that the manager made were like for like. See, even um, on Scott Arfield playing as well, right? Hadji comes think, in so narrow that yeah. Arfield kind of got, all he ended up doing was running in the box. Just put a striker on to I, do that. One, one thing I will say about Arfield, at least he tried to run beyond, but it was difficult to run beyond because yeah. Livingston sat that deep. Um, so that's where you've got your creative players like Hadji um, and Kent. As I said, to a certain extent, I thought Kent did do well. Um, he, he showed signs that he was desperate to try and do something in that final third Hadji was, was disappointing certainly had an off day but you need more when you get in the, the wide areas the, the final ball into the box or something different So uh, Are Rangers too lightweight as well because those two big centre-backs for Livingston, Fitzwater and uh, Guthrie were dominating well, physically I, weren't they? I thought they, they were comfy enough Two on one with Morelos, so that's why I, I thought maybe keep Morelos on and put um, Roof on up top with him. Yeah. Change it, go four four two, um, try something different. So uh, that that was, I think that was something that the manager could certainly have, have tried because Livingston were, were were definitely sitting so deep they were never going to break the counter attack. So I can see the frustration. The Rangers fans at this moment in time. It was similar to the Celtic performance against Kilmarnock, wasn't it? I mm. mean, these managers come on and say possession, but it's pointless possession. What's the point in possession? You had, what, three shots on goal? I mean, as you say, Bayern Munich played Barcelona. I think it was 50 50 possession, but they score eight goals. Yeah. So possession's only good mm. if you're making chances. What about the save? Uh, what about the save oh, from, from that, that Barisic free kick? It's a great save, um, but one thing before I forget, I, I thought the intensity for Rangers wasn't the same as it's been in the previous games I thought the last 15 10-15 minutes they showed a real intent to try and get that winning goal mm. you've got to do that for the start 
If you go to places like Livingston, you've got to show that for the first minute to the 90th minute. If you want to go and challenge and challenge Celtic, Celtic for that league, you need to show a level and intensity throughout the full 90 minutes, not just for 10 or 15 minutes. And see what you said as well, Rob, that was the goalie's debut, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You should be peppering him with shots at goal. First yeah. half, mm-hmm. I think he had one save to make. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Jack last year, he was scoring goals, wasn't he? He was getting up to the edge of the box and scoring a few goals. Yeah, he was having a pot for 25, 30 yards out. He did, I think he scored six or seven goals last he year. And he certainly got the ability, yeah, Ryan Jack. I, mean. I, I like Ryan Jack. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt in my mind he's, he's one of Rangers' main players, but... I, I agree with Sai. You've got the A2 in the middle of the park. That's okay in certain games. Certainly with the game in, uh, yesterday, Livingston sitting that deep. You can take one of them out and put an extra forward thinking player on. Even Stephen Davis had a brunt at half time because he looks for that forward pass more than Kamara and Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very similar. Listen, Devo, I know Devo's had his injury problems. He is one that, 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 that could play that decisive pass. But I, I would look to put another forward on. And then. Make the Livingston two centre backs think mm. if they're up against two two centre forwards. Morelos, I thought they dealt with them pretty well. Um, they, they were um, Livingston's best players for me. I thought two of them were excellent. But sometimes you need to have a plan B. If even plan B doesn't work, have a plan C. Steve Davis gets a mention we've got John Higgins on the show as well as Snooker as Snooker dominates we'll be looking forward and we're looking back Ali refresh us on the results from the weekend so uh, we had Sunday's big game Livingston Rangers was 0-0 Saturday Hibs were playing Motherwell at home it was 0-0 up at Easter Road Hamilton Ackies 0 St Mirren 1 uh, you yes. might have seen some fans bumbling hmm. about by the outside of the stage um, Kilmarnock 1 St Johnston 2 and Ross County 1 Dundee United too which I'm really thrilled by because that was my prediction on the last one So those are the results just gone by Um, in terms of games we've got of course St Johnson Aberdeen that rearranged game in the Premiership on Thursday night tomorrow night it's Champions League qualifier time it's amazing how that's come around Celtic against KR Reykjavik and here's Neil Lennon You know for me the game's all about us we're at home Um, it's one leg so our preparation has been good even though you know, we've, we missed out on a couple of games, which would have helped. But um, you know, we've, we've given plenty of respect to Reykjavik, but I'm expecting a strong performance from ourselves tomorrow. Sai, what are you expecting tomorrow night? Well, it's a one-off game, so it's horrible. It's a horrible situation, especially when you've not played for a few weeks. Um, you know, you think these games are a given, but remember, Brendan Rodgers' team went over. Uh, was it Red Imps? And got mm. beat. Yep. You know, so it isn't a given. And these Icelandic footballs and up, as we know, done really well in a couple of tournaments over the last few years. Um, I think it'll be a tough one for Celtic. I'm sure the Icelandic team will come and sit behind the ball. Um, and it's up to Celtic to break them down. We've seen them struggle against Kilmarnock, against the team that did sit in. So um, it's a tough game, definitely. It's not great for Celtic to start and then have to stop. We all obviously know why that happened. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's 10 days, I think, without, without a game, Barry. Yeah, but also it gives them a chance to work on things that never went right at Kilmarnock. So if I, if I was a, a Celtic player, you'd be itching at the bit to play the game. Yeah. Look, they will be a bit rusty, there's no doubt. Um, but listen, I, I'm sure Neil Lennon would have, this training would have been 100%. There's, there's no doubt in my mind. As, as Sai says, it's a one-off game. Just go and attack them. Um, mm. I think look, looking at it, uh, sorry, Celtic should beat them. There's no doubt in my mind about that. We had a couple of Icelandic boys came over to Celtic when I was a young boy. Uh, Teddy Bjarnason and Finn Bogason. Does he mm-hmm. play for them, Rob? Finn Bogason? Uh-huh. Does he uh, play for this team? Or Hanky has played for them anyway. I'm not taking questions on KRF. <laughs> <laughs> these, these two boys were so fit. 
Like these Icelandic boys really fit, but they came over here to Total and left absolute alcoholics. So that's the effect we had on the Icelandic game. So they can thank me for the, they two being hopeless now. <laughs> Get involved on the Goat Radio Football Show. We'll hear in the course of the next two hours from Cy Ferry and Barry Ferguson. Lots from them, but hopefully plenty from you as well. And we can hear right now from Craig, who's a Rangers fan. Hi, Craig. All right, well, how's it going? Craig, all right, mate. How are you Good, doing, Craig? Welcome hey. to the show. What would you like to say? Uh, pleasure to talk to you first of all um, I mean I'm not getting carried away It's, it's a draw uh, At Livingston It's only one draw we'll, I think we'll Sounds we'll like you're about to get off. carried away <laughs> <laughs> And we've we've started the season well eh? But I do think Gerard He sticks by players a bit too much And he shows them a bit too much loyalty eh? You look at boys like McCrory and Doherty It looks like they're moving on And at times Players have had three or four Pretty poor games and He's never taken them out of the team and tried a Doherty or that in there and seen how they got on. He's never gave them a run of games. Um, when he spent money that he has as well on like the Kent and that, I think he feels like they're undroppable. He's just got to keep playing them every week. Barry, has uh, he got his favoured players and, and he plays them all the time? I don't think he's got his favoured players. He, look, obviously, the, the money that he spent on uh, Ryan Kent, who's £7 million, you would expect Ryan Kent to start the games um, Certainly he's, he's got the ability Ryan Kent for me um, He had a disappointing season last last year Let's not forget that um, But I do think he's got all the attributes To be a, a, a top Rangers player And for me he was only one yesterday In the game That showed That had the hunger Showed that wee bit in the, the, the final third That wee bit of magic That wee bit of creativity As I, I, I'd said um, So could he freshen it more? Could he freshen the team more? He could look. He, he sticks to a certain formation. Uh, listen, I, I'm fine with that. Every manager's got a way of playing. Um, but I just think that game yesterday we could have went with somebody extra up top to help Morelos instead of taking him off, keep him on. He is an important player, Morelos. Never had a great game, but listen, he's always capable of scoring that goal. Uh, and we've not seen him in a pair yet. Mm. We've not seen him with, with any of the new signings. So I think the manager. May start to maybe working things in the training ground and think if things are not going with one up top, maybe we need to change it and go two up top at times. I must say, with the two players that you've mentioned, for me, they're not as good as the players that are playing for Rangers. I don't think Ross McCrory and Greg Docherty. They're, they're not nah. gonna, those two aren't going to play. No, they But the, the thing that surprised me was uh, Ross yesterday. Before the game, I heard Gerard talking and he said that Greg Stewart's. It's Greg. Been... Oh, Craig, sorry, Craig. But you can call him Ross. <laughs> Do you mind me calling you Ross now? Hi, Russell Day. Craig, you're gorgeous. I'm sorry. Uh, the thing that surprised me was um, Gerard saying before the game, Greg Stewart had been t- uh, training really well this week. I mean, you're nil nil. You can't break a team down. Put Greg Stewart on. He's the type of guy that can go to it. Yeah. Exactly, mate. Greg will take. Exactly, he'll take chances. You know, he will give the ball away. But when you're nil nil and you've got all that possession, that doesn't matter if he's giving the ball away. You know, the one time that he can open the defence up, you could score from it. So that was a big surprise to me that Greg Stewart never came on in the second half. Ah, he's always done well when he's got a chance. He's always got the odd goal in that here and there, and he always puts the work in as well. So, uh, I'd like to see boys like that again more of a chance. Yeah. And How upset are you, Craig, about the the dropping of points? I mean, we've got thirty Rangers have got thirty four games left after after yesterday, so it's hardly crisis time. But were you disappointed ah, yeah. that it, that it's not twelve out of twelve? The thing that annoyed me the most is, uh, like we've seen it all last season. It reminded me so much of last season. Mm. And I was just hoping mm. that. But now Gerard would have learned maybe like take an extra mid- midfielder off Jack or Kamara, take one of them off and chuck someone else up there early doors and try and go for the game. 
I wonder why he doesn't take Kamara or Jack off. I mean, do you have to be a football tactician to see that two holding midfielders aren't required? No, but I, listen, he's got a certain way of playing. He's two centre-backs and he's two holding midfielders. It creates like a box that you were, you were mentioning. Dan Fletcher um, spoke well about it mm. yesterday after the game. That That's the way he likes to play and his two full-backs are basically wingers and the two boys that are out wide come in and play, i.e. Hadji and Kent. Yeah. So he, he's got a set way of playing. I just think sometimes, just to mix it up a bit yesterday, yeah. maybe get the ball forward quickly and play in their half with an extra forward up top. That, that That's probably the frustration. The people I've spoke to today, um, the Rangers fans, that, that's mostly the, the frustration that's coming from them, that he's no changing uh, formation. And, and I can see their point, but listen, he's a manager, he's got a certain way of playing. Yeah. Craig, thanks for your call. Thank you very much, lads. Cheers, Cheers Ross. Cheers. Thanks, Craig. Thank you. <laughs> I'm kidding. <anyway. laughs> he's going to be, he's going to be Ross forever more, isn't he? That was Craig. Quick. <laughs> on the go radio football show, volleyball and goalie. Well, we haven't spoken about him so far, but we are going to do now because uh, Greg Taylor of Celtic uh, was asked today um, what he thought um, about volleyball and goalie and about how that's all going to get resolved. I think it'll be discussed. Uh, as a team privately, um, when Bolly does come back, it's it's an in-house matter, and uh, that's I'll probably leave it there. Yeah, he thought of answering <laughs> it for about five seconds, and then realised he would uh, do a quick sidestep and get out of it. In terms of uh, Neil Lennon, what he was saying today, he's confirming basically that there's no conclusion as yet uh, on the on the Bolly goalie issue after the defender broke COVID nineteen protocols. He visited Spain of course, didn't quarantine, then came off the bench and played in Celtic's draw at Kilmarnock. Uh, the next two games postponed. Celtic have been charged at the club by the Scottish FA. Lennon says he's not aware of any interest uh, in Bolingoli from elsewhere. Um, the player himself of course is facing a Scottish FA charge. He's been linked with a French club Amiens in terms of a, a potential loan which would get him out of the country which is maybe what everybody uh, wants but right at, at the moment it's a story side that's going nowhere No um, Have you seen some of the tweets that have been going about? Somebody, somebody wrote on Twitter uh, I know that ball and goal is out of position a lot but being in Spain when you're meant to be in Lennox Times <laughs> taking the biscuit <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, he'll not play for Celtic again uh, I don't think I, can't see it. No. I'm, I agree with you Shai I, I can't see any way back from um, he's not done it either for me I just think like. it's I've just been selfish in his part he's not thought about his teammates and whoever's connected to, to Celtic to go away to Spain for one night I just think it's, it's ridiculous yeah I mean it's, it's such a big issue isn't it it's, mm. it's, it's a massive you know public health story obviously um, Scottish football uh, a little bit teetering on the brink at the moment because of that and because of the Aberdeen 8 as well but from a, a, a sort of very uh, insular Celtic point of view they just want this out of the way because because this is this is disrupting big style in terms of of focusing on the ten. Exactly, the biggest season in probably the, the history. And um, you know, if you lose it due to Rangers being better, then you can hold your hands up. But if you lose it due to a guy going to Spain, disrupting your season, missing two games, letting Rangers get a lead, then I mean that's unforgivable yeah. and, and um, so selfish on his part. Um, but as again, I've always said, Celtic have got players that. This will no bother them, the players, you know. They're so so focused on getting ten. I just I just didn't think that something this 
missing two games would, would let them uh, affect it too much so I think Celtic will be fine in the end Lennon was also asked today about reports linking the club with the Brighton central defender uh, Shane Duffy mm. um, we were speaking about that the other day and, and that, that does seem to make a lot of sense that move and I think he's made it clear that were the financials to be right Barry mm. um, Celtic would be his preferred destination Shane Duffy Well it's clear that it's a, a, a position that he needs to strengthen and have competition um, yeah. He's not got enough competition for me in there. Um, I know Beaton can come in and, and fill in the centre half position, but he's a central midfielder. So Shane Duffy, I mean, he's played at the top level in England. Every time I've watched him with Brighton, he's always he's a real physical presence. He looks a, a very good player. So I can see the logic in Celtic why Celtic would be interested in signing him. Is that an exclusive for me? Huh? I think it probably was. There you go. See mm. the things I'm doing for this radio stay. Who yeah. do I speak? To, who do I speak to about a pay rise? By the way, uh, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Rob, just, <laughs> just, just you keep quiet. Um, talking of money, of course, Lyndon Dykes is about to earn Livingston a couple of million pounds. I think he's in London sorting out the personal uh, parts of the deal today, moving from Livingston to to Queens Park Rangers. Um, fantastic. But we'll speak to Gary Holt, of course, later in the mm. show. Brilliant bit of business for, for Livingston And I imagine Queen of the South are going to get something out of it as well What a move it is for him as well Two million quid to Queen, uh, Queen's Park um, No, not Queen's Park, it's Queen's Park Rangers Queen's Park Rangers, sorry um, You know who will be delighted? Big Julian I've heard he's offered to drive him, didn't he? He's that happy that he's away <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, as I say, we like Dykes I think Mark Warburton It's quite a strange one for me Because when Mark Warburton was up here his game was all about defeat, wasn't mm. it? I don't know if that really it's suited the big man. Yeah, it's different, different down, down there. Aye, in uh-huh. the Championship's a real physical league. I played in it for a couple of years yeah. myself. It's a real physical league. And I think it will suit it perfectly, Lyndon Dykes. It just, you like to see the, the good players stay up in this league. Um, I thought maybe Rangers would have went in and, and bought them, but that didn't work out. But listen, it's great to see he's came for the Championship. Livingston took a, a punt on him. And um, Gary Holt's obviously worked wonders with him, and they've got two million pound in the bank now. So, a great bit of business, and I hope the boy goes down and uh, does well. His goal record wasn't great at Queen of the South. See if you look at, it. If you look at his record at Queen of the South. It wasn't th- great. I think he was a great foil for Dobbs, but yeah, for Stephen Dobie, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he probably think, learnt a lot of him as well. Eh, you know, I mean, listen, Dobie's a, a quality player for me, and he would have yeah. learnt a hell of a lot. But it's great. I, I like seeing guys do it the hard way. He's he come over for Australia. Again, Queen of the South have got a, a part in the back for this as well. They took a chance on him. Yep. And they, he's... they worked with him and obviously he got the move into the Premier League. And for me, the games that I seen him last year impressed me. Mm. Impressed and let's hope, he, let's hope he plays for Scotland as well. He's still got that to sort out his international future. So we're off to a lively start on the Go Radio football show for a Monday evening. Get involved on 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio football show. Glad you pointed that out. I thought Chris's voice had gone up a little. <laughs> Ali on the travel. Ali on the Go Radio Football Show as well. Rob McLean here. Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry as well. It's uh, where you want to be five to seven weekdays on Go Radio, the football show. It's football chat all the way. And it's football chat right now with snooker star, one of the greats of the game. John Higgins joins us, the wizard of Wishaw, uh, fresh <laughs> From his maximum 147 at the Crucible. John, how are you doing? Yeah, good, Rob. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Are you looking back with a little more fondness at the moment on that 147? Because obviously at the time, um, you you didn't get through that round. But do you look back now and think that was a bit special? Because it doesn't happen too often at the Crucible. No, no, it doesn't happen a lot. No, especially not for me. That was the first time I'd ever done it there. But, uh, 
yeah, obviously it was gutting losing the match, but when, when you look back now, obviously it was it was a good thing to do, I suppose, before you, you pack your cue away, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, our snooker correspondent on the Go Radio Football Show is Mr. Barry Ferguson. I think you you know socially. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I know Barry. <laughs> I, I've been a beer with Barry, yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Barry? Doing oh, okay? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Good, not but too bad. I'm a big too snooker bad. fan, obviously. I want yeah. to ask about Ronnie O'Sullivan. How good yeah. is he? Ah, he's the best. Ah, I've, I've, I've said it for years now. I know, obviously, he's maybe not overtaking the record, the seven world titles with Henry, but, yeah, he's he's, he's, he's the best player that's ever picked a queue up, uh, talent-wise. Uh, aye. Do you I'm go on with him? Aye, I go on with Ronnie good. Aye, no, no socially, because I think when you've grew up, I turned pro the same year and you've been rivals with them. There's respect there, but you're not really friendly with them because obviously you're trying to go for the titles he's going for. But no, he's off his head. I know I've spoke to Sai about it before, but he's off his head. I love listening to him. I love listening when he's on the couch Eurosport. I love listening when he's analysing the game. But I think after he plays a game and he's just ready to open his mouth... I think you should just turn the sound down. I think he comes out with he comes out with so many uh, stupid things, but listen, that's what makes that's what makes Ronnie Ronnie. You know what I mean? But yeah, what a player, what a player. Is it true, John, that you're blaming uh, Sai Ferry's Open Goal podcast uh, for your uh, World Championship exit? <laughs> listen, that is true. It's so true. Uh, before, before I actually started my, my second session, we, we cut my up and I was in my dressing room with a cup of tea. And I put on his one he had with, with Charlie McGrew. And then after I'd done the break, I went back in at the mid-session interval and I was I, I was listening to it. And it was, yeah, it was hilarious for 15 minutes. All I'd done was, was sit and laugh and then I went back out to play my game. But no, good show. Good Big show. Charlie was brilliant, wasn't he, John? <laughs> he was funny. What about that John Collins stuff? <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was better than one with the security guard I, I just couldn't breathe because I went back out I was 7-5 down but all I was thinking was a security guard <laughs> See you on the podcast John it's amazing that we Slaney got to the semi-finals wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, <I'm> the <laughs> She's twin isn't it? <laughs> No, listen, I was sick from the Anthony. I'm, I'm really close with Anthony. I practice in the same unit with him every day and he was so close to getting to get his his first world final. It was uh, it was it was so unlucky. It looked as if he was he was going to get there and I was shouting him on, but yeah, just the gods gods went against him and he, he just missed out to, to Kyron Wilson. Right, the question what I want to know, John, how much do you get for that one four seven? well, Fifty-five thousand. Oh, just to add on to the bundle, mate. Stick it on the bundle. <laughs> no, listen. I, I, Roddy was the worst one, but him to still be involved in the tournament. He's done it three times here, uh, so I was thinking he's going to take some money off me here. I definitely thought it was, but luckily for me, the conditions weren't great down there because I think it was it was so warm, and I don't I don't think that lent itself to the conditions being brilliant. But uh, no, good good to do. But I was still gutted that I, I missed out in the second round. Yeah. Did you go out and celebrate? Yeah. No, mate, I've not. I've, I've no celebrating. I've not had a beer in a year. God so, see. no, I've, I've not been celebrating, mate. No. Gives it the Canio story, not. John, for people that have not heard it. The Canio story. No, the Canio. Yeah, I. It was. It was. It was years ago. It was. Uh, 
I, th- I think it was 1997, right, well, what age would I have been then? I must have been about 20, 21. And I was down at Rugby Park. It was, uh, we were 2 all down to Kilmarnock, I think it was, and we came back one four two that day. So I was going out for a beer with some of my mates, and uh, one of the guys that's friendly with my mates, Big Stuart Kerr, and he phoned us, and he said, uh, I've got somebody that's got to come out with us tonight. So we were all thinking, right, we're at my mate's Big Desi's house, and he walked in that night with Paolo Di Canio. We oh. could not believe it. Paolo Di Canio walked in, and then, as a full time, I think we ended up over in Hamilton Palace. <laughs> uh, he, he wasn't going to get in. I think one of the bouncers wasn't going to let him in because I think he was losing his hair at the time, and he, he was wearing his, he was wearing his, uh, his baseball cap. Uh, they weren't going to let him in, but they let him in, and then they went in, and then, as I said, it was like the Beatles walking into Hamilton Palace when, when Paolo Di Canio walked in. But no, good night, good night. Were you not, were you <laughs> not there that night, Barry? No, I probably was. <laughs> you was might have been too young, Barry. I think you were a few years. You were a wee bit younger, maybe. You might not have been in there. Nah, that was Mom Taunt, the palace. Used to love the palace. Oh, you broke, you broke a few hearts in there, mate, didn't you? <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> what was it like you said together? You and John? Well, let John. John, what was that? I, 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 I think it was actually... Barry's last game, I think. Was it Barry? Your last game, I think. Your, your, your last game at Ibrox with Rangers, I think. And, and I'd walked into the pub with my father-in-law and I was just in a quiet beer and, and Barry was there with, with, with some of the, the boys, some of the players. And then he, he, I think he dropped me off in a taxi with your good lady later on that night, Barry. But I remember the story. I don't know if you can remember it. You told me you'd your, you'd your deposit down for the house I'm living in just now. Well, and, that's it, yep. And, 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 and I believe... All, all the workers were all Celtic fans, and I think it was maybe run at the time. I think Celtic maybe beat Rangers five one, and I think they'd spray painted five one and <laughs> everything. And, and all the sounds they under underneath my house just now that I'm staying in. So I, I don't think you went for the house anyway, Barry. But uh, so I'm I'm sitting in this house just now, and there's a lot of Celtic memorabilia. I think underneath <laughs> the house. I think. <laughs> John, have you still got the the snooker hunger? I mean, you've been doing it for such a long time. Uh, four world titles, four other yeah. finals, four losing finals. Thirty, I think it's thirty ranking titles in all. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's some role of honour you've got in terms of what you've done. Do you, do you still have the appetite for more? No, I, I have the, the last the last year of that, Rob. Yeah, I've said before that I was I, I got a table put into my house and I was practicing for the last couple of years and I wasn't enjoying it at all because. Now, I think you need to be in an environment with other players and, and bouncing off them. So I decided, me and a couple of other snooker boys, Maguire and, and Anthony McGill, we, we got we got a, a place in, in Glasgow, like a unit where we put our three tables in and I go in there practising every day now and it's good to just get out away from the house and, and you get in and do your three or four hours and you have a laugh with the boys and you can practise with them and and see where your games are at. So that that's gave me the hunger back for the game. And I, I was going down this year, really, really thinking I could have done well because I, I was hit the ball well. But that big cut that I came up against in the second round just just played played amazing against me. And fair play, I mean, knocked me out. But not the hunger's still there, Rob. Yet, and hopefully I can I can keep playing. I mean, seeing someone like Ronnie doing that, it, it it gives you a bit of belief that if he's doing it, I know I know he is. He's a special player, but uh, hopefully I can. I can I can do well and, and, and try and try and fall and win some more titles, that's what I'm hoping. And does yeah. the does the Scottish talent keep on coming? Well, young Anthony's obviously he's been there for a couple of years, but I think he's he's beginning to believe in himself. But 
it's it's a little bit tougher. There's another young boy, Scott Donaldson. I think he's he's breaking into the top thirty in the world. Uh, but there's not so much after that. There's uh, is that a problem? So is that a problem that the, there's a bit of a gap now? Do you reckon? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. But when you see maybe someone like Ronnie winning, and that might get some of the youngsters getting their cues out. But it seems to be around about round about Europe that there's young young people coming through and, and especially over in China we've got the young ones coming through I just don't think that they maybe get the help uh, here in Scotland I, I don't know if, how how, how fond they'll, they'll look on snooker as a sport or that but I don't think it gets the, the funding of that to, to help the youngsters coming through would, would, you like, would you like to get involved in that or have you got too much on your plate already without looking at where the no, assembly line no, of talent's no. coming from no, I would love to. I think I went to people like Sports Scotland a few years ago and, and tried to speak to them about it, but I don't think they look at snooker as a as a sport. I think they look at it as, as more as a pastime. They look at, obviously, other sports where it gets your heart rate going and different things. That That's what they want to do and what want to help funding, whereas snooker, I don't think they look at it as much, which is a shame. But uh, we'll just see what happens in the future. Hopefully we can get something sorted here and we can maybe help the young guys coming through which would be good John it's Si again uh, obviously no you're a massive Celtic fan uh, do you think they'll get yeah. 10 in a row this year? no, no bother Simon <laughs> easy John hey, no, easy listen listen calm no, down listen, I, I, I'd love to them to get back to three five two. I thought I thought they were great last well mm. the end of last year with, with Griffiths and Edward I thought Edward looked even better with, with Griffiths up beside him and obviously Griffiths he, he's come back and he's maybe not not been in best shape and and that's maybe why they went for that Ayeti to to be obviously up front with them. But I definitely thought Celtic were a lot better three five two. I know obviously Lennon obviously played under three five two with Martin O'Neill against Barry's sides, and and they they they, they played really well. And I think that's what maybe Lennon's want to get back to. So I definitely think they're, they're a better team. I think than they've got two up top. Last one for me. Kevin Muscat was your neighbour as well, wasn't he? I'm sure, he told me that. Yeah, he oh, was. was. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. get a beer with him? I, I did. I went out one night with we, Kevin. We bang on. He was bang on guy. Did he, did he two foot you? He loved a tackle, didn't he? <laughs> one of the dirtiest I, players I've ever played wow. with. Wow. <laughs> I think Barry and people like Craig Muir and that used to come down and, and pick him up and, uh, every well some some mornings and, and maybe I was going to practice. I didn't know whether to wave or, or throw him the picket. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but no, he's a lovely fella, lovely fella, and uh, he's doing well. He's doing, I, I, he was doing well over in Australia. I went and played a tournament over there, and, and I was meant to meet up with him, but we just couldn't really meet up. I was playing in Melbourne, and I just missed him by a day. But I believe, is he over in Europe now? I think he's got a manager's job in Europe somewhere. Is that right? I, I might be wrong. I'm not yeah, sure. I think he went for a couple of jobs in, in Europe, but I think with, with badges, etc., the badges they've done in... Australia didn't didn't work out in, in Europe or whatever so I know he's actively looking to get back into it because he did do a, a good jo- a job over in, was it what, what club was he at? It was a team in Melbourne uh, I think he'd won the title was it yep. two or three times or something he'd, mm-hmm. he'd done well so but no lovely fella lovely lovely fella John I've got one fella. one last biggest challenge of your career are you ready for it? Yes Paul Slane's got a, a pool table at his back garden he's wanting to play it <laughs> fancy it? I don't know if I could meet Slaney. I really don't. I'd just like to meet him. I don't know what he'd do to me. But uh, but no, any time, any time. I was meant. To, listen, I was meant to play my game once with the Kieran team. That's right. Kiam, and, uh, and it, it fell through uh, at the last minute. But maybe in the future we'll get a game. So See that night, mate. He, he turned up in a, a three-piece suit 
hoping to play you and you cancelled on him. He's <laughs> devastated, honestly. <laughs> Brilliant. Ah, uh, no, no, but no. I like listening to your show, Sai. Brilliant show, mate. And oh, this man, show as well. Listen, I'll, I'll start listening to this show as well. What a man. Be good. When's your, when's your next tournament, John? Well, I've not got much time off, Rob. It's, uh, it starts next month again because obviously with the COVID, uh, everybody's had that much a break. So our calendar's out in the next three weeks. So there's a tournament again. Uh, the details will be sent out too soon. But yep, three weeks and then it starts again. So try and get back, back to playing okay. And you don't sound like you're too bothered on Celtic's behalf about the disruption they've had lately, the fact they haven't played for 10 days ahead of tomorrow night's European game. Ah, well, it was good to see Rangers drop a couple of points. <laughs> I thought you'd have been <laughs> devastated about that. <laughs> it was good to... Uh, uh, listen, obviously Celtic have never really been, been chasing lately and to go 11 points down, I know you might have three games in hand, but it's better to have the points in the bag as well. And it's, it's going to be difficult for the players. I know they might have better players, but with no crowd there as well. I know what it was like when I played down in down in the Crucible without any, any crowd that... It's, it, it can be a leveller in some way when you're playing different players because sometimes it, the, the players are not used to the big crowd. They, they might freeze a little bit, whereas if the crowd's not there, they, 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 might, they might play better. So I, I think it's going to be harder for Celtic and Rangers uh, in the coming weeks until they get the crowd back. That's what I personally think, but we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. John, good to hear from you. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. All the best. All the best. Cheers, John. Cheers, John. Cheers, John. Snooker star John Higgins. And we've got another Celtic fan from Wishow called Chris uh, on the Go Radio Football Show after the break. The Go Radio Football Show. Can you believe it? We're nearly 45 minutes into the Go Radio Football Show already. Time flies when you're talking football. And we do it every weekday evening between 5 and 7. And a growing band of followers. And thanks for your feedback as well. Uh, you're loving it and we're loving it as well, which is a pretty good combination, to be perfectly honest. Uh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's hear from Chris in Wishaw, a Celtic fan. And I don't think you reckon plastic is fantastic, do you, Chris? <laughs> No, no, I will just like to see what the panel think of plastic football pitches in the top flight. Me personally, Chris, I don't like them. Um, I understand at lower level why clubs are, have got them in in terms of obviously renting it out and they've got obviously community um, kids coming into training on them. But for me in the Premier League, I think it's got to be grass. Mm. I, I think elite football has got to be played on, on the, the grass for me. Um, when I watch it, it's no. I mean, I watched that game yesterday, and uh, look, Livingston, they played to a, a certain way, um, but I just did. It just doesn't look right to me. Um, and certainly at, at Premier League level, you've got to be, you've got to be grass, and that's something that I think the league will need to look at the SPFL or the SFA. Um, I don't know your opinion, Sai. That's my opinion on it. Do you not think we just have to bite the bullet, though? I mean, we talk about this endlessly. But it ain't changing any time soon for Hamilton, Kilmarnock. But it's not helping our game at all. The last two games on the TV has been Livingston and Kilmarnock, and, and both games have been terrible games. Mm. I think Chris Sutton tweeted, have you ever seen a good game on AstroTurf? And I haven't. And, you know, ask any player in Scotland would rather play on grass or AstroTurf as grass. Yeah. Even the guys at Kilmarnock and Livingston, they might come out and say these and this and that, but mm. ultimately they would they want to play on grass. Everyone does. It's, and you know what I find it hardest? It's st so sticky, mm. mate. You can't get the ball to your well, feet. One thing I will say is, if you know that you are going to a Livingston or a Kilmarnock or a, a new Douglas Park, you need to get your head around the fact that you're going to be playing on it. 
Yeah. You can't use that as an excuse. I'm more than positive that Celtic would have trained on the AstroTurf up at Lennox Town before they went to Rugby Park. I'm more than positive Rangers would have trained in the AstroTurf at, at their training centre before they went to Livingston. Um, so what, what, I, do you, what do you think, Chris? I mean, do, does it get inside players' heads by the looks of it? Big Julian, he's hopeless on it, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, I, I, just, I just don't like watching him on it. And I thought, did the, the players know of a vote last year? I think it was Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen, Hearts, well, Hearts were the time, and a couple other clubs voted to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, you're right. We actually get a, the PFA sent out a quiz to the all the players, and Aye. you were at, you had to rate the pitch after every game. And I know, well, know quite a lot of boys that play football throughout all the levels, and everyone I know voted against. Was that a, was that a, but obviously what, didn't listen. Was that a quiz or a questionnaire? <laughs> <laughs> it was a questionnaire, but for me, but it was a quiz. You, you've got to understand that, that <laughs> you've got to understand that the lower level. They're going to have them because it makes perfect sense financially for them. Yeah. But I just think in our Premier League, our showcase league, that it's got to be grass. Well, you, you'd be looking at that point, wouldn't you, for the authorities to take charge, the SFA, yep. the SPFL. Mm-hmm. And, and if they wanted uh, Livingston, Hamilton, Kilmarnock to change, they would have to help them financially yep. to do that. Because at the moment, it makes no sense for those clubs yeah, to, but, be, to, be, to be changing to grass. So it would be the powers that be reckoning... Mm-hmm that from the outside people are looking in thinking we're a diddy league because mm. our top flight some of the teams play on an artificial pitch it's short sighted for me to the AstroTurf alright you save money with training and stuff like that but less people are watching their game because of these right. games you know what I mean go to a grass pitch you'll get more people watching we'll get more people in the stands if you offered me a season ticket for any team that played on AstroTurf I wouldn't have taken it mm. because it's no enjoyable football yep. you know you'll get, you'll get more fans on a grass pitch 100% yeah. I bet if you went and asked the Hamilton Ackies players, the Kilmarnock players and the Livingston players, what would you rather play on? I bet you 100% of them would come back and say grass. Yeah. They, they'll not enjoy it either. No. I mean, they've got the luxury that they'll train on it during the week before leading up to a game at the weekend, which obviously helps. But I don't think teams that go and play in these can, can use it as an excuse because as I said, the week leading up to it, Rob, they would 100% definitely do a few sessions on it. It's the attacking players I feel sorry for. Mm-hmm. So you try to dribble on it, I find it very tough. I know I'm the worst dribble in the world, but I'm saying on that ass, the ball, mm-hmm. it does, it, the ball sticks under your feet. Are you good on grass? No. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter, it's surface. I'm better on red ash, mate, to be honest. Doesn't it take some odd bounces as well? It does. It does. I mean, they're, they're, they're fine. See, when there's been a bit of rain, it works okay. It's a bit better, but see, like during the weekend with the good weather and it's sticky and uh, it's no enjoyable surface to play on. And I think after a minute or two, you, I think just for the kick off on Sunday, Morelos went over on his ankle. Yeah, you get more injuries on it, don't you? Yeah, you you do. Obviously, you or get injuries injured. on you get injuries on grass as well. But listen, for me, artificial surfaces in the top league, I don't like it. I actually think it's hampering Hamilton Ackes this year as well. Because see, mm. before when they did used to kick the ball up the pitch and go and try and win second balls, I think it suited them to play on AstroTurf. Now, Brian Rice wants to get the ball down and pass it. And it's tough to do that on AstroTurf. Yeah. See, of that philosophy on AstroTurf, it's tough. Turf, tough, turf, turf, turf. How many turfs <laughs> you got in there? I'd <laughs> <laughs> rather it was turf. <laughs> well, let's go to Danoon. I think we all fancy going to Danoon, actually. But uh, Johnny is there and he has phoned the number 0808 17 17 700. And Johnny is a Rangers fan. Hi, Johnny. Oh. That's Johnny's had that enough. Was, clearly, I'm about, I'm about ah, John, John, yeah, yeah, Johnny's there. How are you doing? 
I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. What would you like to say, Johnny? Uh, just first, I'd like to say to Si, I'm a big fan of the podcast. And Thanks, mate. Uh, Barry grew, grew up my hero, so it's great to be on speaking to Um It was just a question of Rangers only having plan A. It seems they seem to not have a plan B at all, you know. The first sub yesterday, bringing on Brandon Barker, that is, to me, is crazy. You know, they, it just didn't seem like a sort of game he should come on to. But I just wanted to see what your thoughts are on not having plan B, you know, taking off Morelos and bringing that big boy up front if you're desperate for points, you know. You want to be keeping the strikers in the park, in my opinion, you know. Yep, I've got to agree with you. Um, that's Looking at the game yesterday, obviously sat down and, and watched it. I was thinking the second half when the manager was going to make a few changes. I was hoping that he would keep Morelos on and put an extra forward on up beside him to go something different. I think it's always good to have a plan B or a plan C. Take one of the midfielders that we spoke earlier about, Kamara and Jack, pretty similar, doing the same job when you don't need the two of them doing the same job. So... I think that's something that the manager will certainly look at this week. He'll look back in the game and think he could have he could have changed it up top because the, the the substitutions he made were more like for like mm. bringing Morelos on, putting Eaton on, then Roof coming on for Hadji as well, um, playing in the the kind of number ten or in the, the right side. So I would like to see him try something different. Then it, it makes Livingston think as well. It, mm. it mixes them up a wee bit because they're used to playing against one striker. They're comfy throughout the game. Go and put two up against two and see what what happens there. See, from a manager's point of view, Barry, uh, Barry, I'm a coach just now, obviously, a hopeless one, but starting my coaching. See, if I'm 0-0 mm -hmm. and dominating possession, my centre-forward stays on the pitch. Right. And they uh, never go three up front. Why not just go for three? I, I think, look, Morelos is the main threat for Rangers. Whether he's having an indifferent day, he, he didn't have a great game yesterday, let's be honest, but keep him on. He's always capable he may be getting that goal and if you put somebody up beside them as the two players that I mentioned that they've brought in for a lot of money bear that in mind go and try something different go mm. and make Livingston think because um, I think Livingston were in their comfort zone they were happy they were playing that, that really deep defensive way um, they knew what Rangers were throwing at them go and mix it up a bit and put another forward on up top with, with Morelos Johnny, I don't know if you heard earlier on, but I wonder what you made of Barry's point that sometimes players are, are beaten before they go on the artificial surface just because it gets into their heads. They, they've been there before, they haven't enjoyed it before, and they don't fancy going back there again. I know, but players are that standard, you know, should they should be coming over that, I think. Mm. Uh, the game seemed like really cramped with the fact that mm. Kent and Hadji kept coming inside with, as you said, Barry, about the two defensive midfielders and our field in front. Mm -hmm. You know, the game was so... I know it's to get Barisic and Tav down the sides, but it just it was so cramped in the centre, you know. It, it played into Livy. Livy loved that. Yep. But yep. see, if you're a coach as well, and Michael Beale's meant to be this great coach, see, when you look at that at half-time, do you know, say to Kent and Hadji, why do, just stay wide for 10 minutes. And then we'll see what Livingston do. Yeah, and that get that would yeah. give Arfield and Jack and Kamara more space. But it just seems that no matter what happens, they keep this rotation throughout the ninety minutes, and it's it's great when it works. But when it doesn't, you know, as Livingston done, well, there's I no think that, uh, the, the, there's no doubt Rangers are a good possession team. Yeah. that's something they've certainly improved on. That, that's okay having seventy percent possession. But listen, see, at the end of the day, you need to win games. Hmm. You need to go to places like Livingston. Exactly. Not giving any chances. You yeah, know, you need to go to Livingston and come away with the three points no matter how you play at times sometimes it might not be pretty in the eye and you might walk off that pitch sometimes thinking 
That wasn't a great game there, but do you know what? We found a way of getting three points, and that's that's the concern that must be in the Rangers manager's yeah, head. And in terms of see, going to the, sorry, see in terms of going to the the plastic pitches, that's a mindset thing as well. Yeah. yeah. That that shouldn't play in players' minds. So you're gonna say, Johnny? I was just gonna say that like I've watched all the Rangers games, but you know, see if it doesn't work in the first kind of twenty, thirty minutes for Rangers, it's if we just run out of ideas. Mm-hmm. Like I think if we score early, that's how we seem to beat teams like maybe like two or three now when we score early on in games, you know. But I watched that yesterday thinking after 25 minutes, they don't look as if they're going to score. They run out of options. Mm-hmm. Johnny, in my opinion. Yeah. Johnny, thanks for your call. Uh, Johnny no from... Problem, thanks for having me. No Cheers, pleasure. Cheers, Johnny, Johnny from Danoon. We had Chris from Wishaw before that. Now, Davey from Dalry. Hi, Davey. Hi, how are you doing? Very well. You're on the Go Radio Football Show. What would you like to say? Um, well, I suppose my question's just... It's probably for Barry's side as well. How are you doing, lad? Barry, right. doing? Um, I suppose my question's just... With the boy coming in, well, they were talking about a boy coming in for France into Rangers. Uh, whether they just need a wee bit more, well, it looks to me anyway that they're lacking completely in ideas going forward for the two holding midfielders. It just it, it baffles me why he keeps going with that. Mm-hmm. Aribo's a big miss as well, isn't he? Yeah. I think Aribo's the one that does much. take chances I, in the middle Aribo, of the pitch. It's, it's mental. I, it's, I think he's hoping he's going to be okay for this coming weekend, that he's going to be back. And, and you, you can see, I guess, from that Livingston game, Barry, how important he is to Rangers. Somebody that can do the unexpected. Yep, certainly going in, in last season, I've I seen in parts of games that this boy's got something. Mm-hmm. Since pre-season, he's certainly been Rangers, Rangers' top player. He's carried that into the first three games. And you could see yesterday... Rob, he was a he was a big miss. There's no doubt about that. He's, he's something different. He's he breaks for the middle of the party. He runs beyond. He carries the ball 20, 30 yards. Um, so he was certainly a big miss um, yesterday. And when you're missing players like that, it's up to the other ones who come in to grab the opportunity. But that that must be a worry as well. I mean, you've got a squad for a reason. Guys miss games through injuries. Suspensions. That's why you need your squad. The guys that come in have got to take their opportunity. See, what, see on that as well. I want to ask you, Barry, as well, because Ryan Jack, like you, I like him as well, but mm. I think he can do more. Eh? Yep. I see these five, ten yard passes. That's great passing to fullbacks and centre backs. But I think Ryan Jack's better than that. Yep. I think he can pop in a centre forward and go and run off and get the second balls, get shots on goal. Similar to yourself, do you know what I mean? Well, well we were talking off air, si, last year. I don't know how many goals you would need to look back. He certainly scored a few goals for the edge of the box. Um, he he brought something to his game that was probably missing the previous year, yeah. and I do think there's there's more for Ryan Jack to to come. Whether he's he's told to stay behind the ball all the time and and just keep the the ball ticking over, but I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you could. How would you feel if, if you were playing that centre midfield position? They said just stay behind the ball all the time. I'd be frustrated, yeah. but I mean, when you're on the pitch, sometimes you've got to you've got to make a decision. If you see an area where you can get into or you can get a strike on goal or you can run beyond, as long as you're talking to your guy beside you, look, listen, I'm going to go and take off for five minutes here, go and do something different. That's what I think needs to happen, certainly when you're playing the two holding midfielders. But I, I'm with you big time. I just think there's more you can get out of Ryan Jack. Davey, thanks for your call. Thanks very much, mate. Thank you. Thanks Cheers, for taking call. Cheers. The callers keep on coming on the Go Radio Football Show, and you can get yourself involved as well on 0808 17 17 700. Still to come in terms of guests as well. We'll be hearing from the former Celtic midfielder Paul Hartley and the Livingston manager uh, Gary Holt will be with us 
as well as he prepares for life after London Dykes. The Bull Radio Football Show. It's good to have you with us between 5 and 7, Monday to Friday. You're listening in bigger and bigger numbers. Uh, loving the show. Thanks for all you're saying about it. And uh, we have tonight Rob McLean, Ali Defoy, Barry Ferguson, Cy Ferry. Um, and if you're on your way home in Glasgow, there's probably a travel issue you might want to know about, Ali. Yep, and the Clydeside Expressway eastbound is partially blocked and queuing traffic due to an accident at Finiston Street Junction. So just take your care there. And next up... We can uh, welcome to the show Paul Hartley. I would uh, read out all his uh, former clubs, but uh, we're off air at seven, so <laughs> we probably don't have enough time. Hi, Paul. How you doing? You okay? Good, thanks. Former Hamilton player, Millwall, Wraith Rovers, Hibs, Morton, St Johnston, Hearts, Celtic, Bristol City, Aberdeen, uh, Scotland, 25 caps, I reckon, and currently manager of Cove Rangers. Is that about right? Yep. Robbie, Robbie forgot Mill United. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the most important one, Barry. That's it. That's where we all started. So, how, how frustrated at the moment that uh, the whole training regime has been put back, Paul? Yeah, really frustrated. Um, our plans were taken back on Saturday. There, we had everything in place. All the test testing was in place. Uh, the stadium had been deep cleaned, sanitised, everything, and then to find out that. We can't come back till at least the 24th, 25th of August. It was really disappointing because we've not seen the players since since March. You're, you're touching on six months, which is which is frustrating. The repercussions. I mean, it just underlines, doesn't it? The, the repercussions of of the Aberdeen eight plus volleyball and goalie. They're they're, they're felt right throughout the game. Yeah, of course, um, and it's been unfortunate for everybody else because you know, Cove we've, we've tried our best to. To try and get back to training at, at some point, we still know that the the season's roughly two months away. But, but we want we felt that we needed probably an eight week pre season with the players, so it's been put back a week, and hopefully we can start next week at some point. Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry in the studio here, both affected as well, of course. Yeah, we were the same as uh, Paul just says. We were we were starting back on Saturday, um, and just disappointed that we had all the the protocols and everything in place and I'm the same as Paul I wanted to get a good eight weeks we've got the Betfred Cup on the 6th of October you've got um, a crunch match with Peter Head haven't you and did you see the yeah. fright on his face when I showed him my six pack oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's, it's disappointing but listen we just need to go with the, the government guidelines and hopefully we get the okay next Monday to, to start back in the in the Tuesday how confident are you Paul that we can avoid another nightmare situation which would probably tip us over the edge well, um, it's up to people to take responsibility, not just players, coaches, managers. Um, you know, I think we're, we're one, maybe one more chance away from possibly the game getting stopped, and, and that's not what we want to see. You know, we're all we're all desperate to get back. It's been it's been six months, it's been a long time. It's like it's been out with a long term injury, and then you're just trying to get back. So, you know, touch wood that we can get back for for next week at least. I know you said I've been affected, Rob, but I think I affected Paul's mental health when I was up at Dundee. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> can you, can you confirm, Paul? Yeah, he's one of my worst signings. <laughs> he's, well, he's affecting me in the studio. By the way, Paul, League One next year, some amazing midfielders in that league. Yeah. Um, you fancy your chances in maybe playoffs? I, I don't know, Si. I think it's such a tough league. You've yeah. got uh, Falkirk, Thistle, Airdrie, uh, full-time. Um, you know, and I think it's probably the first time that Cove have 
coin locking favourites to, to, to win maybe the majority of the games or the league. So we'll, we'll, go, we'll have a go. We'll have a go next season. It's such a it's such a tight league that it's going to be difficult. A lot of good teams in it, a lot of good players. And um, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll give a good go of it. I, I was going to ask you, how you enjoying being back part-time? I think the thing, Barry, that I've did it before at Alloa, mm-hmm. so it wasn't something yep. new to me, and I wasn't scared to take on the challenge. A bit, a bit like yourself, you know, being at Clyde and then um, going to Kelly, and people uh, they'll, they'll raise their eyebrows at that, and then myself going to Cole. But I wanted to get back into the game. I felt I'm, I'm going to a club with a lot of ambition, probably at Kelty, want to get into the league. Um, so it, it didn't phase me. And the, the thing that I do like about Cove is working with the chairman. You know, you've got a chance. Mm-hmm. They're really ambitious. We've got a five-year a five-year plan. We've got a new stadium. Uh, we're doing things properly. We do want to go full-time, maybe in the next year, 18 months or two years. But we've definitely got a plan in place. And it, we're well equipped. It, it, feels, it feels like a happening thing at mm-hmm. Cove Ball, doesn't it? Yeah, because you, you work with good people. Um, there's a feel-good factor about the place. We've got a lot of good players. Uh, a lot of the lads that were at Aberdeen when I, when I was getting to the retirement stage are, that I've now got at Cove. So we've got some good players up there. Um, and we've managed to sort of dip into the loan market, which we'll probably need to do again. We have kept... We haven't let him go. We've got, I think we've kept 14, 15 for last year. So we'll need, need to add a couple of players in just to strengthen us again but the league working in is very very tough uh, a lot of good teams in that and what is it you're offering me Paul two years next year <laughs> <laughs> is that to train what about Celtic Paul fancy them for 10 in a row I know it's your ex-club um, I think I think obviously a great chance but I think I think Rangers definitely look stronger this year um, they're well equipped I think Hibs have started really well um, so yeah, look, it's not been ideal for them in terms of missing the last few games, but you know they'll be up there at the end of the season. How big is the plastic pitch factor, do you think, Paul, in the, the two... I mean, Celtic have only played two league games. They, they drew, obviously, at Rugby Park. Rangers drew yesterday um, on the artificial at Livingston. Um, how much do you put those results down to the plastic pitch? Yeah, I think look, Livingston and Kilmarnock are used to training on it every day. It does, it does have an effect... Um, I think obviously when you go there, um, teams do struggle to play in the pitch. There's no doubt about it. In terms of even the conditions of the pitch and do they water it, um, what type of day is it? But these teams are used to it. It's like we're used to our uh, plastic pitch at Cove. Um, you know, Barry's got the, the same at, at Kelty. Peter Header different. They've got a really good grass pitch up there, so it does make a difference. Do you see the disruption uh, to Celtic at the moment uh, as being important and? The fact that Rangers have put a few points on, obviously they dropped a couple yesterday, but they've, yeah, but they've yeah. put their, their joint top and there's a bit of distance between them this early on. Celtic are sort of playing catch up, you know. Um, they'll have a few games in hand, but you've got to try and win the games. And I think if, if you're if you're Rangers or Hibs, then you want to try and get, you know get as many points as you can before Celtic catch up in their games. Uh, Paul, you're a cult hero at Hearts. Uh, I know Robbie Nielsen was your old yeah. mate. Were you surprised to see him go back there this summer? Um, not really. I think because of the the way um, he was a player there, obviously the great spells of manager, maybe he felt he had some unfinished business. I, I was surprised when he left for the, the first time. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a mistake. I think going to MK Dons, maybe he wanted to try his luck 
in England, maybe things weren't quite right behind the scenes, but I think we were sitting second in the league when they yeah. left to go to MK Dons, and it was a strange move at the time. He's come back up, he's had a great season at Dundee United, obviously, and I think just the worry hearts in terms of the size of the club. Yeah. Do Rangers have enough, Paul, do you reckon, to, to stop Celtic this season in their tracks? They've got a lot of, lot of attacking options watching the game yesterday. They just found it difficult to break down a very good Livingston side. Um, but they, they do have a lot going forward, obviously. Made a couple of signings uh, in terms of the, the, the front areas. If you look at Celtic, they'll definitely strengthen again. I think they're still short of a couple of players. So I think it'll be, it'll be so tight again this year. And would that worry you... Um, at this stage of the season, from a Rangers point of view, that that lack of ingenuity, ideas to 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 break down Livingston. Look, it's only one game. Um, Livingston have shown that they're a strong outfit, especially at home. You've seen the way they defended yesterday, maybe didn't as much going forward. But it's up to the opposition to try and break. You know that team that, that sort of sit back and you know sort of packed the, the, the middle the middle of the pitch and the back the back line. So. Yeah, they've got enough quality in their squad there's no doubt about it it's a Paul Hartley derby on Thursday night mind you there are quite a lot of those in Scottish football to be honest but <laughs> St Johnston and Aberdeen that, that rearranged yeah. game uh, in Perth on, on Thursday night and yeah. what, what I mean where are Aberdeen at do you think at the moment where will Aberdeen be in their heads going into that game because of all that's been going on yeah well there's been a lot made about it that's for sure Um I think now it's about getting results and trying to get the best team on the pitch available to you. You know, it's not been the, obviously the ideal start for Aberdeen, um, but they've got to they've got to just try and go on with it. They've got to try and forget about it. There's been a lot said about it. There's still a lot getting said about it. But I think you've just got to try and forget about it. And then whatever team that the Derek can put on the pitch, it's important that they start winning games. But they'll be up against a. You know, St Johnson side that had a great result on Saturday. It looked like they, they weren't going to win, but you know, it was a great result away to Kilmarnock. So it's a tough game for Aberdeen. But it's important that you start winning games. Obviously, we've got still got to find out what those player suspensions are going to be. Anything from two to eight games for for the yeah. the Aberdeen eight. I mean, a couple of the guys like Sir Michael Devlin and and Sam Cosgrove were already out injured, injured. in any case. So, what sort of team can Derek McInnes put out, do you think, on Thursday, uh, bearing in mind the guys that can't play? Yeah, we'll just try and put the, 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 the squad that he's got there, try and find a system, find um, the personnel. It looks like there's, there's a possibility that they're signing McCrory from, from Rangers, which would be a good addition because he's, he's versatile and can play in a number of positions. So, I think Derek will... That's why you're paid as a manager. You know, through the season, he suffers from injuries and, and suspension. It's not been ideal for him, but he's got to try and find his best team for Thursday night. I think I read somewhere, Barry, that that, that would be, if it goes through, the first Aberdeen player to move, uh, sorry, the first Rangers player to move to Aberdeen for more than 50 years. Yeah, I read that my, my, myself, um, but with, with young Ross, I, I just feel he's at an age now, he needs to go and play regular football. Um, seems if he's not going to get that at Rangers, doesn't look like uh, Stephen Gerrard fancies him much so it's important that the, the, the young kid goes and gets the right club and I think it, up at Aberdeen Dale's got a I know what he's done with my, my young nephew Lewis 
he's loved it under Dale the last couple of years he's brought him on even more so I think it would be a good move for, for young Ross It'll be interesting if that goes through because I thought Stephen Gerrard was saying that he didn't want those two Doherty and, and McCrory going out on another loan um, yeah. but but it seems as if that, that, that might happen I think they're quite strong in defence now Rangers aren't they in positions I think they've got four centre halves now who are probably better than Ross McCrory I think his problem's always been what's his position yeah. I think he's mm. a bit small for a centre back not a right back for me I think he'd done well in Rangers first team when he played that sitting role but Obviously, Ryan Jack's a better player than Ross McCrory, so I think it's time for him to go and play play someone every week. What do you think, Paul? What, what's it? What's his position? Because I, I mean, I was really taken with him when he first broke through into the Rangers yeah. team. He looked really polished uh, for a, for a player of that age. He looked mature, but I'm not sure has he has he plateaued a bit. Yeah, he's, not, he's never really, really nailed down a, a position that he can play full back. It was a centre back. I actually think. He could be sort of a bit more of an attacking player. I think he's got good legs, it's good energy. I think it could be one that, that he could use to to get further forward in the pitch. You thought I was an attacking player, so Paul. So I would, I would <laughs> rethink that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry again, by you. Talking of tra- <laughs> to- talking of uh, of transfer market, Paul. Uh, that Lyndon Nikes move, which uh, I think is just being completed in London, uh, Livingston to Queens Park Ranger for a couple of million yeah. pounds. I mean, that that's a great advert for what Scottish football can do for you surely isn't it? Yeah especially lower league players he came from I think, Queen of the South and you know, seen him a couple of years ago um, always impressed us but you know, Livingston took a chance on him and he's flourished there um, you know, there was a talk that Rangers and Celtic were maybe looking at him but it's a great move for him he's done really well so there is good players in the, the lower leagues of Scottish football it's just try to pick the right ones is it a surprise at all that Barry, that Rangers or Celtic didn't take London Dykes on board? Yeah, I, I was surprised. There was a lot of rumours, obviously, that Rangers were interested in him. I, I like to see good players stay in the league. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I'm disappointed. But listen, as Paul just says there, he's got a great move down to Queen's Park Rangers into the Championship. It's a tough league. A lot of good players, a lot of good teams. So, listen, I think he can get down there and kick on again. If he goes down there and has a good season or two, I wouldn't be surprised in a few years that he may move into the, the Premier League at some stage. He wouldn't have been a Celtican Rangers player for me. I think his game is roughing up defenders, running channels. I think the way Celtican Rangers play to feet, intricate passing, I don't really think it would suit the big man's game, to be honest. Young Jack Hamilton filled in, Paul, um, at the weekend, but maybe long term, we'll, we'll, we'll be speaking to Gary Hope, so we can ask him in five minutes' time, but... Yeah. Um, would would you expect him to be going out looking for a, a quality striker to replace yeah. London Dykes? Yeah, I think so. I think if they get you know obviously a decent uh, return in terms of the transfer fee, I actually feel sorry for the young lad yesterday. It was a, it was a tough shift for him um, playing up there. Um, I'm sure Gary will have players in mind. I don't think he'll get the money to spend, but he might get a little bit um, to try and invest. And in. I think. He, in any team, um, your, your strikers are so important and sometimes you're only as good as your strikers. We were talking there about St Johnson Aberdeen Thursday night, Barry. Um, some comeback, as Paul said, from, from the Perth team at the weekend at Rugby Park. Uh, come on at one up, uh, hanging on in there for, for all three points mm. and then they got nothing. It was, I mean, it was terrific for, for St Johnston, but mm. it was a bit of a collapse from Kilmarnock. They were in control of the game until they send an off rob. As, as simple as that. I mean, it's it's not the worst tackle I've seen for Mullen, but it was a red card. Let's be honest. And fair play to St. Johnson. They they obviously took advantage of the the ten men up against that, and 
they get the two goals in the last 10 minutes was it's a fantastic result away and it kicks them on a wee bit because they were probably I think Callum was disappointed with their performance at Ibrox I don't think they were great but listen great three points away from home I don't know about you but Stuart Finlay at one each down to 10 men kick the ball in the stand yeah. it's just the way football's going the minute he wants to turn back and pass it to his goalie Michael Harden reads it and, and goes in and scores and it's crazy now you see centre backs they're not, really, they're not that interested in defending now it's all about playing isn't it it's all about playing that's the way that vast majority of managers want for me first and foremost my defenders have got to defend yeah. I like I'm old old school that way listen it's a bonus if they can play but first and foremost make sure you, you defend and defend properly I think the other point was that Kirk Broadfoot was already over there wasn't he and Stuart Finlay could actually just have stayed where he was rather than mm. charging over I'm and then suddenly they were both there I'm surprised mm. with Stuart Finlay he has been probably one of the most yeah. consistent performers for Kilmarnock so I was surprised that he did make that mistake because he is like kind of old, old school, school yeah. I'm surprised that he didn't ram it into Rose Ed and then just get back into their shape Paul Halloran looked sharp getting on it didn't he yeah, back to his old self yeah. I, I, worry, I worry when we're both about to say the same thing it <laughs> doesn't happen a lot no, <laughs> no. I worry for both of us actually but, I mean, it was, but it was he anticipated brilliantly didn't he and it, when you see the wide shot of what happens there long before Stuart Finlay plays the ball back Michael Halloran is like a 100 metre sprinter down yeah. the middle hoping it's going to happen uh, and Paul you've got to give him big credit haven't you for, for just anticipating what was about to happen yeah. and, and actually even even after he'd gone around the goalkeeper there was still a fair bit to do yeah it was a, it was a tight angle but he, he's thinking that Finley's going to pass that back and he anticipates it and then what strikers should do and then you know, it's a great three points for, for St Johnston do you think Michael Halloran, Paul, could could relaunch himself? Because um, you know, I, th- I think when he went back to to St Johnston, um, having left Rangers, the the Perth team were expecting yeah. big things from from a, a player who who really should be shining at that level. He's always a player that's, that's impressed me, and um, he just never seems to do it on a consistent basis. He's got great speed and great energy, and you know he can go and beat a player. But sometimes he just doesn't do it often enough. Paul, good to talk to you. And uh, and good Thanks. luck. Good luck when you get back on the training ground cheers, with cheers, Cove Rangers. Thanks, guys. Season. All Thanks. all the best. See you. See you maybe this season. To be honest, uh, Paul Hartley on the Go Radio Football Show. Gary Holt coming up. The Go Radio Football Show. It's 6.25 on the Go Radio Football Show. It's good to have you with us every evening. This is Monday, if I'm not mistaken, uh, between (laughs) 5 and 7. I've lost all track of time. But yesterday, it was Livingston Livingston, nil, Rangers nil. uh, Livingston's second point of the season. A couple of draws for them now. Rangers dropping their first points. They are joint top, though, with Hibs on 10 out of 12 so far. Let's hear from the Livy manager, Gary Holt. Hi, Gary. Hi Rob, how are you? Very well. How was it for you yesterday? Um, Nerve wracking, uh, <laughs> under pressure for for large spells of the game, which you know and you're going to have to accept at times when you're playing the bigger sides. Um, but I thought for a lad sticking to the game plan, uh, executing that game plan as best as they, as they could. Um, I can't fault them, and they got. I think they got what they deserved out of the game, and and that that was to get something. And you always try and get three points if you can, but. Uh, sometimes you have to just take the point and, and be delighted with it as we were. Do you get cheesed off after a game like that where a lot of the publicity is, oh, Rangers have spilled their first points of the season. What about us? <laughs> that was a great draw for Livingston. No, no, because, no, um, and, and Rob, you've been in the football long, uh, longer than me. Um, Quite a lot longer, actually. 
you, you sometimes when you do win the ball back against the bigger sides, it's normally in your defensive club and they press life out you. So it's it's hard. It's very hard to get control of, of the game, try and get two or three passes, try and get up the pitch, and because you're under pressure for most of it. So it's 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 taking the chances when they come and. We had one or two little snippets in the game. Yes, we wanted to do more in possession, but they don't give you a chance. They don't give you a second to rest and think that you can like, you've won the ball back. Let's go make a few passes. So um, it doesn't bother me. Um, we are we are there to do a job for for our fans and, and and the people that work at the club. And the players certainly carried that out to the letter yesterday. And um, you, you get you get plaudits when it goes well from from our side, and you get negativity from the the team that's playing against you because they they're just determined to win the game. Fitzwater and Guthrie were immense, weren't they? And and Barry, we were just saying earlier, two guys that just love clearly love defending, and they were good at it yesterday. Yeah, it was great to see. Um, I've not seen too much of the, the both of the, the centre halves, but. It, they're old-fashioned yeah. centre-backs for me. They, they won every single ball. I thought they were different classes. The Phil Livingston team, I mean, Holt, he just said there, they've, listen, they never had much of the ball, but I thought defensively, the shape they, they stayed in throughout the game, they were they were extremely hard to, to break down. And, and listen, see, at the end of the day, they deserved the point. They deserved the point. Holt, he just says, look, they could have done a bit more with the ball. There's no doubt about that. But listen, defensively, I thought they were different class. Do you work on that all week, Gary? Sorry, Rob. Do you work, how, how many days a week do you work on that against Rangers? Is that throughout the whole week? Um, Must have been every no, day. <laughs> no, because we had the game on Wednesday, so everything was geared to Motherwell Wednesday because we had to we had to put a performance in there because we didn't start great in the fourth. To be fair, we, we we had more possession in the first two games, um, but conceded poor goals, which is unusual for us. Um, as such, we pride ourselves on on the performances what you saw yesterday, the defensive side of it, the ugly side of the game. Um, so everything was geared to Motherwell away, which was massive for us. We got we got a good point there, um, and probably deserved to win the game. Uh, we, we were performance, but it was then Thursday, uh, game towards Sunday, and, and we knew that it was going to be very difficult. We knew the areas that, that Rangers can hurt you, so it's it's trying to identify that to the players, but also trying to build on what we're good at mm. and and trying to hammer home the messages because. If we just focus on what Rangers are going to do and how they're going to play and the, and their attacking threats with Hadji and Kent, Morelos, then the people coming off the bench, they're in the field, their two full-backs are like wingers. Um, we'll drive ourselves crazy and we'll never actually play the game. So it was also hammering home what we're good at and what's got us results in the past and what's got us the foundation of what what we can do. Where did you get the goalkeeper? Um, Tony Kager, our goalie coach, had um, been been looking for us, uh, scouting, gets a lot of contacts down south um, and we knew Max was was coming available, he'd been at Sunderland for three years before and then he had a year at Eastleigh done really well um, and we knew we'd a good chance of getting Robbie in but we wanted two boys who were keen and hungry to be number ones, we want them pushing, we want uh, each other fighting for that jersey and because we don't, we don't want to carry a number two as such. We want, we want boys who want to play. We, we don't have a squad or a, a, a budget that can carry jerseys, carry people. We need people fighting to get to get in the team. And Max certainly fitted that bill. He's eager and hungry, and, and Robbie knows that. He's got to be on his toes. He's got to produce the levels that we, we expect. Because uh, certainly yesterday showed uh, Max is more than capable of, of stepping in and playing. It's one of those saves that. 
gets better every time mm. I look at it because so often with those when a goalkeeper's scurrying across his line, he's looking out the corner of his eye about how he what's he what he's going to get clattered with. Mm. Is it going to be the post? Is it going to be another player? Whatever. But I mean that that was some some save, wasn't it? it the thing is, Rob, well, I actually only saw it real time, and then after the game they were talking about it in the press, obviously, and I hadn't seen it. And then I watched it last night, and uh, after everyone's left and stuff, and then. I've watched it again last night when I got home and then I watched it again this morning and I still can't believe how he managed to get to it. Um, and then not the, not the post and then go take the ball. Is the post okay? <laughs> the post is fine. Um, and Big Max is fine but it just shows you that uh, when called upon, um, especially in, in the game at that stage, to have that, that mental capacity to, to concentrate uh, was phenomenal um, and I thought a big man was super to start to finish I thought his handling was clean his kicking was brilliant um, and he came when he had to come and then he, he goes and produces that save so he certainly done himself no harm whatsoever Holy, can I ask you a question regarding obviously I've seen you play quite a lot do you, do you get frustrated when people kind of label you a, a long ball team because you've got some real good football players in, the, in yeah. your squad um, like Sybold Pittman you brought Forrest in, Holtz come in as well. So there's some good footballers there and sometimes when I when I watch he's I, I think he's played some decent stuff. It it is a frustrating, it just makes me laugh and it makes me <laughs> laugh inside Baz, to be honest. Um we know what our strengths and weaknesses are. We know we have to be we have to make it a battle first. We need to make it a good high high energy game. And within that then you'll get to play because we've got the players like you just mentioned, we've got the quality at the top end of the pitch you can go and play and we'll play in the right areas. Um people seem to forget that that we actually have some quality footballers. We mm. do score some really good real really good goals like the second goal on Wednesday night model was tremendous. Um but we are where we are. We know we know what we're good at. Um, I'm I'm a very good bus driver. Just need to ask. Sorry, sorry, me asking me at Slaney. And uh, it doesn't it doesn't really, as you know, it, it, it just makes us laugh inside. Similar to yourself when you're when you're playing and, and the, you get critics, you get praised, um, and you just it's water off a duck's back. To be honest, you mentioned quality at the top end of the pitch there, Gary. Um, has the London Dykes deal been done? Is it concluded? It's uh, it's in the process. Um, we have, as a club, have, have, have done our bit and it's down to the big man and his representatives and obviously the club that he's speaking to to, to get that over the line. Um, that's as much as I can, can fill you in with. He should be able to get a wee pay rise out of it, though, shouldn't he? Compared to what we was <laughs> on with you. Aye, and... Uh, as long as he remembers to, pay, to do a bank transfer for his fine for me before it doubles and trebles, it'll not be too bad. So, um, nah, he's uh, everybody's delighted for him, um, and that's the that's the one thing about our club is you come in, you, you put your shift in, you do your work, you embrace what we're about, you'll improve, and you'll get a chance to move. You get a pat in the back it, and the, and you go with good grace for everybody at the club. We were saying earlier on, it's just it's a great advert for Scottish football, isn't it? That something like this can happen. That he comes up from the lower leagues, develops, becomes a really good player, and suddenly you're onto a, a big profit-making situation. Yeah, but it's we seem to get a fair bit of negativity towards us and uh, towards our country and, and and how we play football and how it's. Um, it's got detractors, but it's also nice when you see something like this happening and, and, and other people that have moved, like Andy Robertson, everyone talks about that. Kieran Tierney's down there. I know he was at Celtic, but he's went to, to the big league in the world um, and, and he's 
flourishing. Um, so it's it's another shot in the arm, isn't it? Shows that what we're doing and um, the coaching and, and development that we get uh, into into bad in Scotland. Do Queen of the South get a slice of the cake? Yes, I think they do. Yes, they will get. Um, Did you say uh, that through gritted teeth? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Because at the end of the day, we're all in it to improve. We're all in it to make better. Um, and without London's work at Queens. We've just enhanced that and improved it, and he's in, uh, improved by coming to us as well. So he, everybody needs a chance. Everybody sometimes has to take a step back to go forward as well. So um, it's only right that we, we, we need these clubs. We need these players coming. And I said it yesterday. We go to lots and lots of games. And Barry will tell you he goes to hundreds of games. You never know who's watching. It's always a chance to impress whenever you're training or playing. It's where some people just get fed up with it, or some people just can't be bothered on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night. It's freezing cold and it's raining, but there's always somebody watching because we all love going to football. We all love just we get on football. And I'm at the house. I'm away. I'm going to watch it, and you just get end up seeing that we nugget out there. It's it's worth taking a chance on, and um, it's a it's a lesson to everybody that put the work in, put the graft in, and, and you get a chance. Gary, I thought uh, Jack Hamilton done quite well yesterday. Um, is he ready to be your number nine week in week out? Um, he's work in progress. Uh, young Jack, he's, he's been out on loan a couple of times. He's, he's played a few games for us as well since I came in. He's never disgraced himself. Mm. He's always he's always put a shift in. He's, he's learning the game still. So we'll, we'll just nurture him through. Um, we'll, we'll work him. We'll, we'll push him. And the good thing was yesterday, he took him off. And the first thing he said to me, that, that was hard work. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and I was like, big man, this is a real world now. This is this is this is proper men's football that you've got to be up for. So he's um he's keen, he's he, he's willing to learn he's 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 a good size. He's a good size mm-hmm. and the good thing about him is it doesn't matter who he's playing against, he, he wants the physical battle, he wants to dump a centre half in the backside and say, Ah, you're in a game and he'll get better as the games go on and the weeks go on and hopefully he'll improve as much as we hope he will. Last question for me, I know you've done your coaching badges with Fergie. Uh, how angry did he Aye. get? How angry did he get? No, he wasn't too bad. He wasn't too bad, to be fair. Um, ah, he was, he was all right, Fergie. He was good. He was good. He was even better when we were doing the technical demonstrations because you just give him the ball and he keeps it. So it's <laughs> <laughs> not too bad then. Are you going to invest some money, though? I mean, Jack Hamilton, obviously, is a great prospect. You've, you've spoken about him there, Gary. Um, but in terms of for the season, you're going to need more options in attack. You're going to need plenty, you know, as much quality as you can have as well because you've lost Lyndon Dykes and he gave you all of that. Um, are you going to invest um, in another striker? Well, we're, we're scouting. We're looking uh, through the targets we had in mind because you always, you always want to evolve and look and see what's available and who can come in and improve and enhance you. And we always had the thought that someone might take him. There was there was too much smoke without fire, so we say. We, we, he's, he's formed last year and we talk it in our national call-ups and stuff, so we always thought that if the big man keeps doing what he's doing, he's not going to be here much longer. So we've got some, some irons in the fire, shall we say, and uh, hopefully we can maybe add some quality to the to the group. Was it disruptive at all, the all the talking? I mean, in, in a way, you didn't want to lose him, obviously. The money is welcome. Um, but also getting the whole thing resolved, because what you don't want to do with an extended transfer window is have it dragging on for three months, and it affects the dressing room. No, I don't. I don't think it would. I don't think the way we are, the way we work, the environment we set, the the, the way Big London is as well, and the, the and the group that we've got. Um, there's no amount of 
Mickey taken and ribbon goes on and anyone gets above the face and they soon get cut down, down a peg or two. So I, I think you've seen for the performances put in the three games, the two goals he scored, another two penalties, but he led the line superb um, for his in the three games. And it didn't have any effect on him. He just wanted to go out and do a job for his teammates. And the lads certainly appreciate that because they know that with a big man up there, he's putting a shaft in, he's, he's, he's chasing lost causes, he's putting his head in where it hurts and um, didn't, didn't shirk out a one tackle uh, in any of the three games. So but you're right, I, I think with this extended uh, window, um, we probably wanted something done sooner rather than later, rather than come to October and then, then something happens and you're behind the eight ball then. So it gives us a chance to, to reevaluate and, and hopefully get something done. And another great demonstration, as we were saying, uh, about what Livingston do. They, they have a great appreciation, you have a great appreciation of what the club is and the reality of it all. But there's a real opportunity, isn't there, for, for players from the lower leagues or from wherever uh, to get a chance, develop, and if they're good enough, to get their dream move. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. Um, we want them to improve, though. Because if they're improving and doing well, it means we're all doing well. And the club's doing well and we're, we're doing something right. And that's that's what you want. You want to see us evolving and, 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 and keep keep improving. Um, but you've got to buy into it. We, that we do a lot of... And the good thing is, with social media and all the scouting networks and all the, the digital stuff you can get, you, you get a lot of background in players, so you get the right characters and you try to get the, as many as right as you can because they need to have the right mentality to come in and work. And that's something we say. It's, it might be football, but you're coming to earn your money. You're coming to graft. You're coming to put a shift in, and you'll enjoy it while you're doing it. But if you think you can come in and just an easy life, put your money up, you ain't going to be here long. Um, so come, embrace it, enjoy it. Work damn hard, and you'll, you'll get a chance to improve and move on. I've been the last a minute at Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> As you counted out, and, you, and you'll be watching that game in Perth with a fair bit of interest, Gary. Of course, on Thursday night because you play Aberdeen on Sunday at Pedodri. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of team they put together. Yeah, it will. It will be. Um, it's very disruptive for Aberdeen, uh, also Celtic. So um, it's going to be interesting to see see what, what kind of stage they are. Uh, fitness-wise, what kind of team lines up? Because obviously we go up there on Sunday and uh, another tough away game for us, which this month has been quite quite uh, enduring to to say the least. So it's it's going to be interesting to see because um, obviously we, it's all well documented of the players that have been self-isolated. Um, so I'll be watching with eager anticipation to see what they do. Well done on yesterday, and good to have you on the Go Radio Football Show, Gary. Cheers, thank Cheers, you. Gary. Good luck, Cheers, Cheers, bye. The Go Radio Football Show. Still time to talk to us on the Go Radio Football Show. It is about, I'm trying to work out, it's about 18 minutes to seven, I reckon. Uh, we spoke earlier on about uh, that match Friday night, that amazing match, Bayern 8, Barcelona 2 in the in the Champions League quarterfinals. Uh, the game the following night wasn't too bad either because uh, it was the Moussa Dembele show off the bench. He came uh, to win it for Lyon against Manchester City and uh, yet again a nice little advert for Scottish football and a player who developed his trade here. Yep, he's um, one that, that Celtic took a gamble on and bringing him over. Feel him on it, huh? Yep. Uh, he went to Fulham he, yeah. he, I don't think he was playing much at, at Fulham and uh, he came up to, to Scotland and let's be honest he was different class at times and it, it was just a matter of time 
he was going to get that big move um, and he got the move to Leon. and look it wouldn't surprise me if you see him in the Premier League um, sometime soon you've seen him with his two goals the other night and he's he's done it consistently since he's went to Leon. so that's one I, I fancied Man City mm. if I'm being honest with you but it just shows you how strong the Champions League are, uh, the Champions League teams are and Leon are certainly a decent team he was very much like Edward to I thought you know mm. there were some games I, I watched him against Ross County and the likes and wasn't really trying that hard eh? like he, he mm. had so many more gears in him and uh, I think he's a big game player isn't he? I think the Celtic Rangers games is where he really came into his own when the games were on the TV and there was teams watching him but again at times I, I, I remember watching him thinking big man's not interested but then come to a big game and he would turn it on so what it's, it's just with his body language yeah, that kind of lazy lethargic yeah. style um, but when he when he fancied that he was a top player and Edward's pretty similar. Yeah. And, yet, and yet, you know, I mean, as you were saying, Si, the similarities, but also a big difference in terms of the type of striker they are, the way they play. Yeah, I was speaking to John Kennedy about it and he was saying that Edward's a lot more technical than, than Dembele, but he says if you put 1v1, Dembele's a monster. You know, he's got that physical presence that Edward maybe doesn't have. I think mm. uh, he's aerial, pro- what is it, prowess? It was a was a big advantage, and, and again, he's a goal. I think he's a better goal scorer than Edward. I think he likes to get in the six yard box a bit more than Edward. I don't think Celtic would object either if he got that move you're talking about to the English Premier League, because they'll get a talking of slice of the cake as we were on, on London Dykes. Celtic presumably are going to get a good chunk of money if and when he eventually moves on. That's one thing that Celtic certainly do well. Mm-hmm. Every time they, they transfer a player down to whether it's English Premier League or elsewhere. They always put that sell-on clause in and they've made the right few pound um, from people moving on again. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a big team for England again coming in for uh, Dumbelli. And look, I think, I've said it a few times on this show, for me, Edward, um, I think he could easily go down and play in the top six in England. So do you want to hear from Doogie and Colsyth? Of course I do. Doogie, let's hear you, mate. How you doing? I'm good, Bye-bye. you? Aye, no bad, no bad. Good mate. Uh, uh, so I just wondered what you thought about us playing, or the Rangers playing, uh, with both Jack and Kamara in defensive midfield on Sunday. Um, when they got to the subs, I was sort of hoping that he was going to maybe take one of them off, put it in on, and then we've got somebody else in the box, because I just felt there's no point in playing with defenders, sit, sorry, midfielders sitting deep when half the team you're playing against is hanging about the penalty area. Yeah, me and Barry were just talking about it off air there. I think if you're going to play with two defensive, it's fine. But I see Ryan Jack dropping deep to get the ball, and then you look, and Kamara's square him. I don't, I don't see any reason why Kamara can't be 15 yards further up the pitch. You look Aye. at Scott Brown and McGregor, they play as a two, but very often it's Brown that drops deeper. And you see McGregor getting picking up the ball in the areas that Hadji and Kent pick it up for Rangers. Um, so I, I think one of them needs to take the chance and, and play 10 or 15 yards further up There's an, I think that one up front for Livingston he didn't need two defensive midfielders eh? aye and it was a 20 year old boy as well it wasn't even like it was Dykes that were playing and see but, even uh, some of the stuff that they're doing when they drop off the centre back can do that the centre back's got uh, room in front of them to step into the game and then go and play the passes that they're playing because it's only 10 and 5 yard passes that they're playing yep, I, think, I think it was an ideal opportunity I mean, I think he's always going to stick with Jack. Jack has been yeah. probably one of the most consistent Rangers players over the last couple of years, and certainly Steven Gerrard's come in. So it was a good opportunity for him to take a Camaro off and then put another forward on. Um, certainly, it was crying out for it the last 20 minutes. Um, so that's, again, I keep saying it, it's something that he'll probably look back on and think, next time this happens, we need to go with two up. 
But Dougie, does Stephen Gerrard generally have a reluctance to shake things up in the course of a game? Does he like? Does he have his plan and he kind of sticks to it? I think. Um, I think even playing on that pitch, it was obvious we couldn't pass it about the way mm. we did in previous games. So I think um, that's one of the places you're just going to have to go and you know win by whatever means necessary. And I also think that it's getting a bit too predictable. Um, Livingston would have known how we'd set up, how we'd uh, came at them and they'd have trained for it all week and I think just when things are not working I, there isn't really a tendency to change things up I even thought about maybe even putting Ken in the middle why no? you're dominating the ball put Ken in the middle let him dribble at people through the middle of the pitch just something a bit different if he loses it who cares it's not like Livingston are going to counter attack them because Rangers were, were getting the ball back so quick it's just taking me chances you know put somebody in there who will take a chance do something a bit different just um, confuse Livingston a bit but it just seems to be the same the same, movement, same movements every time they got on the ball the, the full backs go high I think the way that the Rangers play it's a possession based plan that, that's what you can certainly see they like to keep the ball moving side to side but sometimes you need to mix it up sometimes you need to go route one and that going route one, you need an extra striker up top. Yeah. Now Itton's come in. He's six foot two, six foot three. It's an ideal opportunity test, something different. And that game yesterday was crying out for something a bit different. Because let, let's be honest, Rangers dominated the ball, but Livingston were happy with that. Living, Livingston sat ten men behind the ball, and just Rangers were playing side to side, side to side. But Dougie, would there have been too many complaints had that? A free kick from Barisic ended up in the top corner as it probably should have done I think yeah, I think that would have been great if it went in but I still think the same problem is going to come back and haunt us um, when we go to these plastic pitches again later on in the season even when the ball goes wide though, in the first half I think Rangers best chances came from Tavernier and Barisic crossing the ball when they're crossing the ball in the box you've got um, Morelos in the box and Scott Arfield why can't a Kamara or a Jack get in, get in the box what what has what what Livingston got up front that they need to be back the pitch and that, and that for me, you think of Barry Ferguson playing for Rangers, never just sat behind the ball. He's getting, he's getting in the box, scoring goals. That's what centre midfielders should be doing for Rangers. For me, I could go and play for Rangers and pass the ball five and ten yards under no pressure. Mm-hmm. It's not a massive problem though to get this stage. Is it dropping points? I mean, obviously you wanted all three. You wanted to be twelve out of twelve, but there are thirty-four games still to go. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't think, uh, I think people are getting a bit ahead of themselves when Celtic drop points to Kilmarnock and. I do think that was a good opportunity to turn up the pressure because, I mean, if we'd have won, then that would have been them having to win every game just to, find, just to be two points behind us, just to keep up. So now, you know, they've got to win the points to get even with us, but um, I think it's about a lost opportunity. I think we need, they wanted to be ahead for a good bit and just make them feel how it was to how it is to chase the league. It's crazy now, isn't it? Have you got are you on Twitter, Rob? You are, aren't you? Yeah. It's like any time now, Celtic Rangers drop points, it's a meltdown for the fans, isn't it? Three <laughs> games into the season, only in Glasgow. I man. know. I, <laughs> listen, I think it's no alarm bells yet. Listen, both have no. Rangers have certainly started the season better in terms of performance. Celtic um, struggled at Kilmarnock, and then uh, you don't get carried away. Listen, Celtic have still got quality players. Listen, Rangers yesterday, it was a lost opportunity for me. Albeit they dominated the game, they just didn't create enough in the final third. That wee bit of magic we needed, but it's, it's still early doors. There's still, as you say, Rob, there's 34 games to go, and um, there's still a long way to go, and there's going to be ups and downs in this. But the Rangers just need to go, get in the mindset when you go to places like this. Sometimes you don't need to play well, you just need to come away with the three points. But does it worry you that he's still making the same decisions that he made last year, Barry, in these sort of games? Yeah, I mean, as I said. 
So I, I was sitting watching it and thinking this is an ideal opportunity to get Itten on or a roof on or yeah. even put three of them up top, just go something different. Then that gets Livingston, obviously, thinking because I think the two centre backs at Livingston had a field day, it was easy for them. So go and mix it up a wee bit, go two against two or even sometimes three against two. Yeah, yeah. Doogie, it's Ali here. Um, I might be getting the wrong impression here, but I don't get the sound that you're a fan of the plastic pitches. Am I right? No, I definitely not. Um, I think it just, I think it just slows down the game. I think it's, uh, and I also, you know, you saw Morelos. Maybe was it twenty minutes in? He just went over on his ankle with no nobody near him. It was um, the first couple of minutes. I think it's, it's no, it's no idea. We were speaking about it earlier on. Like, I, I think in the top league, it's got to be grass. Under, totally understand and get the reason why artificial surfaces are here in the lower leagues. It helps them financially, but for your top league. Your spectacle, you've got to have grass pitches. Yeah. But more well, than anything, well, probably, so. Dougie, it's the frustration of Celtic missing a couple of games and you would just have been looking to capitalise to the full and, and pick up maximum points and, and set them a target to chase at. Aye, aye. Um, no, I think... I mean, I think it's we're only four games in, so, you know, you don't want to... You don't want to be too much into it um, either way, but I, I do think it would have been a good good chance to make them feel a bit of pressure anyway. Because you... that was last season, I felt mm. that as soon as we went ahead, I remember it was at Livingston and then they lost to Hibs, or it was the other way around. But then the following week, I think we dropped points at Hearts, so they just, um, just kind of threw it straight back to them. How do you think, how, how strong do you think the Rangers squad does? I think uh, I think we couldn't we can't really appreciate how strong it is. I think Itten and Roof both need time to like gel into Gerard's mm-hmm. style of play. I also don't think Roof looked totally match fit. I saw him passing the ball a lot and it, it looked mm-hmm. like he was taking like, a bit of a heavy touch. I don't know if that was maybe just not being used to playing on yeah. uh, that surface or if he just doesn't match fit. But mm-hmm. um, I think if I'm not mistaken, Dougie, when I was speaking with Stephen Gerrard the other week, he's still doing a sort of pre-season with Roof at the moment. Yeah, so he's, he's been out not, injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah as I well. I don't think he's played a game since December. So it's going to take a bit of time coming into a new club. Obviously, really rusty he'll be. So you, you've got to give him four or five weeks to get up to, up to scratch. But I do think in time, seeing him play for Leeds, yeah. I think he's a very good player. Mm. He looks a bit like Flo Camberry's brother, doesn't he? He looks like a, a sort of slightly slimmer version of Flo Camberry. He does. I played against Roof, and, and he was always energetic. Very. Sorry, I was talking about Itton. Oh, Itton, sorry. <laughs> you were, you were, you were, we were talking about Roof, but... <laughs> he, he doesn't really look like Flo Camberry at all. I think Rangers do need another centre midfielder. I think they've spent a lot of money on on the defence, and the lot, they've spent a lot of money on the forwards. I think Lewis Ferguson would be the type. A midfielder that can get in the box and score goals. Get on second balls, get up next to the strikers. Oh, you're throwing in a curveball <laughs> late on here. What do you think? How does the uncle react to that? Of course, I would like to I would like to see it, but uh, listen, he's going to cost a lot of money. He's just signed a new contract, Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, it started last season, and I think he's got three years left, so... Aberdeen have, have done the right thing and, and put him, putting him on a long-term contract so they'll, they'll expect big money for him. But he's certainly got the potential to, to play at a Rangers or Celtic. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And I'm not just saying that because he's my nephew. Mm. Uh, I think you would agree. I don't yeah. know what you think, Sayed, but you think, Rob? Yeah. I mean, I think I think he's a Scotland player. Not, not too, I mean, I know we're well served in midfield, but he's got to be knocking on that door as well. I would have thought the international door. See, on the Rangers centre midfield, who was the last player Rangers had centre midfielder that gets your goals? 
That's a good point. You know what That's I mean? That's a good point. I, I like to see midfielders go beyond at times. Yeah. Listen, you need see that number six, that pivot. You need that. But the other two beside them, I've got to be willing to get beyond. Yeah, definitely. Get, get beyond the strikers at times. And I don't think you see enough of that. Aribo certainly. I think he can do it. Yeah. I think he's improved since he's come up. Um, so I think, uh, listen, uh, I would I would agree with you. I think another central midfielder, box-to-box type player would be would be ideal. Dougie, thanks for your call. Cheers, Dougie. Cheers, thanks, Cheers Dougie. thanks, Dougie. Hopefully we answered some of your questions there in the course of that on the Go Radio Football Show. And that is about all we've got time for. It, it has flown in yet again, thanks to our guests, John Higgins, uh, Paul Hartley, and Gary Holt, thanks to Barry Ferguson and Cy Ferry, Ali DeFoy, Rob McLean, C. 